0: You are listening to the Photo Bomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photo Bomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Tres mujeres. Tres mujeres. Don't know what that means. It means
1: three women. That's what I'm raising. I'm raising three women now. Yes.
0: Yes, this is a big weekend because it was announced and we know the sex of the new baby. It's an,
1: it's another woman to raise. Yes. And you know what? I'm I'm pretty good. I've got my girl dad shirt on today and uh I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about it because here's the greatest part. Not only do I get the sacred charge of empowering a young woman uh but I also have to uh don't have to buy uh any more clothes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I never have to buy anything for this child. I only have to buy stuff for her oldest sister. And then everything else keeps going gravy like that.
0: So I imagine you have quite a bit because um, boxes. Because Josie's still pretty baby uh, size, so I, I doubt that you, there's been a big house cleaning, right? No. They're, they're still you still have all the baby stuff for a girl. We have all the clothes unless they've been damaged. We have
1: all the clothes they've right. ever had. Julie just goes through periodically and boxes up the ones that don't fit anymore, and she keeps them in case we have another kid, right? And so, yeah. as it turned out, the second child also a girl, and uh, I don't think she has any clothes that are her own. And uh, neither will the third one. In fact, they'll be the same clothes that Josie has, just a little dingier. Uh, And that's great.
0: Well, let me just say this. Here's the thing that you need to be vigilant of. Mm -hmm. And that is when the new baby comes along and wears those clothes. And then when she outgrows the first set of clothes, you make sure those clothes are burned. (laughs) (laughs) If if you catch Julie boxing those clothes up, you'd be like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Those clothes are being burned because they are not being used again. Well, let's say
1: one, uh, they would probably be donated. But if I was to burn them, it would be
0: in the d- <laughs> like in a ceremonial. You will you will prance around the fire. There will be drums. A ceremonial burning of the baby clothes.
1: What I was really thinking is putting them in the dumpster behind the urologist's office and lighting that dumpster on fire the day I get my vasectomy. That's there you go. That's what's going to happen.
0: I'll come, you know, we'll come, I'll bring some, I'll bring the beatbox and everything, we'll be out there, and da, 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 we'll, be like, <laughs> we'll be like in the, in the Black Panther.
1: Nah. Boom, bang, boom. Yeah. Like, the, like the heathen kings of old, right? Like the heathen kings of old, we shall, we shall dance around a fire. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, celebrate
0: uh, a lack of fertility.
1: Yeah, Although, <laughs> you know, my thing was good. Yours, like the Where the Wild Things Are ceremonial wild rumpus kind of thing, yes, as much, yes. sounds like much more fun.
0: We shall have the wild rumpus.
1: I would the wild rumpus uh shall be around a pile of burning baby clothes. <laughs> and the and the cop that shows up is gonna go, What the hell are you guys doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be good. And then when you explain it he's gonna be like, Oh yeah, I get that. Uh oh sure. no. That or or
1: he's gonna pull up and he's gonna know exactly what's going on. He's gonna take off his uniform and start <laughs> dancing around the pyre with us. That's what yes. he's gonna be doing. Absolutely. Um, I, I,
0: I, told, I was teaching uh, Samantha to drive uh, again this weekend. This is an ongoing process, and we're on the on the uh, tollway, and, we're, and there were two cops. We passed two cops on the side of the road, state troopers, and uh, and I and I told her, I'm like, listen, don't worry. Uh, you know, you're a little bit loosey. I get that. Don't worry about being pulled over because I don't. I feel confident that if you were pulled over, you would not get a ticket because my reply to the cop would be, "Is there some way to teach someone how to drive on the freeway without driving on the freeway?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there is. So I'm sorry if she's a little slow and she's in the correct lane and or whatever whatever you might could possibly get pulled over for. There simply is no way to teach someone how to drive other than to have them drive. So, you know, sh- you know, so here we are. That's that's a that's a fair point. I mean, you can only you can only get so much practice in the Walmart parking lot,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: right. At some point you got to get out, out out on the highway and and I, and I and I and I know that if it was a police officer that you know I can't, first of all, I can't imagine being pulled over, but this is the way my head works. I'm like, what if I wasn't? Yeah, you're over? already rehearsing. What's yeah, well, well, what would <laughs> I say? I'm already happen. working out what I'm going to say, and this imaginary thing that's never going to happen. That's pretty much the story of my life. Yeah, well, they, I can just see you uh, are
1: in the shower, because I think about this a lot. Yes. And, and Bobby's brushing her teeth listening to you have an imaginary rant with a yeah. police officer oh, yeah. while you're taking the oh, yeah. your shower. Sure, that's 100% accurate. <laughs> when Samantha was five. Like you already created <laughs> yeah. yeah. this scenario. I've thought it through ten years I've ago. It out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried real hard to get into the studio today because you said you got stuff going on. You
0: need to record at ten, and I wanted. I to... I have my whole family. My whole family is coming over. I have a niece in town, so now everyone's decided. Uh, hey, family portraits. So now I've just discovered that I'm going to have family portraits of everyone to shoot today.
1: Oh, that's that's yeah. a really good way to screw up a Monday. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Monday yeah. we keep Monday pretty light around here because you know I usually need to get my toe back into the work week but uh right. a, whenever there's a big job on a Monday I always kind of hate that and something some I don't like to have anything to do on Monday besides go in, clean up the studio, look at my calendar, answer some emails. I need I'm, I'm real tender on Mondays. I need, a, I, need yeah. I need a I need but so today was not that day because we Julie and I spent about 36 hours working in the yard, cleaning the house, getting ready for this big baby reveal party that we just had. And our house was clean. It was Bure. You've never seen it so clean. It was the most beautifully clean house. And I woke up this morning on my couch (laughs) in my clothes because that's (laughs) where I I passed out exhausted. And the house is a disaster inside and out because we had about like 50 people came over for this thing. And it was anyway, it was a great time. Uh, I found out we're having a girl, but today the girls had swim lessons, so Julie gets up with the girls, gets them out the door to swim lessons, I'm getting ready for work, and then I know I got to be into the studio, so it's like 9.15, I'm dressed, I'm getting ready to head out the door, and the phone rings, and I get the strangest call, client call ever, because I've got the company phoned with me this week, and I, and I, I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about sometimes the world is in a conspiracy against you to keep you from going where you're going. So it's after this really, really long and odd phone call with an inquiry, I go to walk out the door and there's Julie pulls into the driveway with both girls in their swimsuits and they're both bawling. Like, the world is ending. And I, what is going on? And all of a sudden, these girls both decide that, one, the world's coming to an end. And, two, that Daddy is the only person that can make them feel better right this moment. So <laughs> here I, I'm holding two wet children in bathing suits. And while they're both crying tears, bitter tears, Bure, for the end of the whole world. And the whole time, instead of, like, consoling my children and thinking about engaging as a parent, I'm thinking, Bure, going to be so pissed that I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> and then i then i get out i finally get my kids calmed down and i get in the car and i call you as i'm pulling out of the driveway and i'm driving down looking at the decimation uh the 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 wasteland the dumpster fire that is my yard from having all these people over and i'm driving down calling you and i'm getting near the studio and all of a sudden i'm in a line at the light that's by my studio and i'm thinking wow this is an unusual time of day to have a line this long and i kind of stick my head out the window to look ahead and see what's going on and not there you know how sometimes you get stuck behind a large vehicle that moves very slow sure okay i was behind a large vehicle that was moving slow because it was also carrying five other large vehicles so i had a big truck that was pulling five other big trucks Oh like, my god! Like the worst thing that you can get stuck yeah. behind, and so uh, and, and so, I finally got in, and you're you're like, hey man, it's no big deal. We got time, and I'm thinking, well, why was I stressing out this whole time? I would have just come a half an hour late, like I always do, to be on time. Yeah,
0: here. yeah, everything would have been normal. Yeah, it would
1: have been totally fine. So that was my. It morning. would not
0: have been normal because I skipped breakfast to be here on time. And if you had been thirty minutes late, oh yeah, I would not have been happy because that means I would I would have had breakfast. More importantly, my wife was not happy with me skipping breakfast. So. Yeah, you put me in hot water with the wife. Now we got. For a sk-
1: why, why? Why was she mad at you for skipping breakfast?
0: Because I make breakfast. Mmm. Mm. Yeah, I make breakfast. So if I if, so if I don't make breakfast, she doesn't get breakfast. I see. Well, please- or worse yet, she has to make it herself. <laughs> okay. okay, you
1: pour the Cheerios into a bowl. Right. And you pour the milk on the Cheerios. The end. That's actually what I had for breakfast this morning, and not the honey nut kind, mind you, the old man kind, the kind that you give children and grandparents because they have a bad heart. So, and okay. and you know what? Here is the thing. After all these years of avoiding those Cheerios, it was actually kind of a delightful, quick, and uh, nutritious breakfast. And I wasn't. I would at... like
0: for you. I would like for you now to repeat <laughs> for the people what I feel may be the funniest text that you have ever sent me. You sent me a text last week that I I laughed out loud, literally laughed out loud for five minutes at how genius and beautiful this text was. Well, now we've telegraphed it, so it won't be that funny, but, uh, yeah, but, it, but it was so, it just out of the blue, you sent me, a, I, and I know it verbatim, no. and <laughs> that's how good it was. Oh, no, it's
1: not that hard to remember. Yeah. So I, I again, I I'm, I'm go back to my doctor. I got a new GP, so I go to my
0: doctor. And uh, no, I don't. I don't think you need to set it up. That's what made it so great was that it was a non sequitur. You didn't set it up at all. You just sent me the text out of the blue. Yeah. So I got. But- so
1: I got my blood work back, and apparently I have the same cholesterol levels as the Hawaiian guy who sang
0: "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a beautiful. It makes me laugh. Still, <laughs> <laughs> the same cholesterol. I mean, that's a perfect one-liner. Like if you were a stand-up comedian, that would be that would be like you would open. That your would show be my opening that. line. Right? You would open up. You would just walk on the stage. Hey, good to see you. Good evening. So I got my blood results back, and apparently, I have the same cholesterol level as the guy who sang the Hawaiian guy who sang "Over the Rainbow." <laughs> Boom, we're off to the races baby. You get the first big laugh of the evening and you're go. That's what you open on the tonight show with. That's your opening joke.
1: And uh, and then, then I would re- put my hands up in the air and castanza my way out the door cuz you leave yeah. on a high
0: note. That's that's <laughs> all I <laughs> have to do. That is a great that is a perfect joke. Perfect perfectly formed. I'm so I just love that joke. I so wish I had thought of it.
1: And, and I appreciate that. Um uh, so I want to tell you about this phone call that I got today. All right. So I'm answering the company phone. And I'm on my way out the door, and it was literally it was nine fifteen. I talked to this guy for nearly half an hour. It was nine fifteen, and I'm ready to walk out the door. I got my coffee. I'm ready. I go. I'm going to be early, and Bura and I are going to get this thing done early today. He's going to be so proud of me. Uh, for the second time this week, the first time was for that killer one liner. The second time was me showing up early for the podcast, and so I get a weird phone call. And it's a odd. It's like a vaguely foreign accent. It sounds like somebody from America who spent three weeks in Germany, and now they're talk weird. You ever, okay. you know, like, like somebody who starts who starts uh, talking with an English accent, kind of on certain words, uh, and it doesn't sound right. So it's already, I'm like, okay, this guy sounds pretty pretentious. So, long story short is. He calls up and he just starts big talking himself about how great of that He's a fashion designer. And do he, and he he opens up by saying, is this uh, the photography studio? And I'm like, yeah. Nah, I just said that. I said, thank you for calling Hughes Fioretti Photography. This is Gary. How can I help you? And the first thing he goes, is this the – yes, it's the photography studio. You call the photography studio. I just said it was a photography studio. And then he goes, tell me, do you have any experience working
0: with international models? And I'm like – um, I, I feel like you're getting pranked by the I school I swear to God I, thought it I feel was like you. you're getting pranked by some people who are trying to do Dieter I thought it know? was you <laughs> I thought it was you pulling my leg and so basically the guy's like would it, you like to touch my monkey? <laughs> welcome
1: to Sprockets um, so he goes um, he goes I, could I – do you have a, like some kind of event where I could come by and tour the studio? I'm like, look, man. I was like, you're welcome to make an appointment and you're – sure, you can come by. Look, at the place. I said, the pictures, there's a whole 3D tour on Google Maps or whatever. You can go check it out. And then she goes, oh. It starts. proceeds to do it while he's on the phone with me. He goes, oh, so it's a really small place, huh? And I'm like –
0: Jeez, man. Like how much room do you need to take a picture of a person?
1: Well, I, I and I so after about 10 minutes I started getting snippy with the guy, like really passive aggressive, and so he's like, "Oh, well, I'm used to working in, you know, like much larger studios for like a creative space." And I go, <laughs> He needs a creative space, and I and I go well. The camera room's twenty four by twenty two. Uh, I said, and I shoot models in there all the time, and it's it's it's. I can do headshots, medium, full length, whatever you need. I said, do you have a motorcycle or something you need photographed? Because because <laughs> yeah. if so, I, we can rent a studio for your shoot. I said there are plenty of great rental spaces. When I need something bigger, I said so. You know, if your if your clothing designs include like a truck, then yeah, absolutely, we can rent a space, and then. Right. Uh, <laughs> And the guy's like, I was looking at the session that's that's 60 minutes, a 60-minute session, uh, and he's like, and so I want to do uh, five outfits and both in studio and on location. I'm like, okay, um, just being dead level honest with you, an hour is not enough time to do five outfit changes, let alone five outfits changes on location, he goes, Well, you know, some of the clothes be like out shopping. I want to be out shopping. I was like, Oh, you're the model, too. He goes, Oh, yes. I was like, I have to wear my own clothes. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, and I, I, All right, and here we go. And so we get towards the end of the phone call, and he goes, Okay, well, I will circle back to I am interviewing a lot of vendors right now. And I said, Okay, man, that this is normally where, it's good customer service, I get their contact information and then I set up a time where I can follow up. We do that with inquiries. You never leave the ball in the client's court ever. And right. this one, it's like I just literally just standing at the plate and I just watch the ball go by. Like, yeah, you do that, dude. Call just me back. Just low and slow over the plate. No problem. It's like yeah, he basically calls me, trashes my studio and like big talks himself and then goes, ah, it's like he just called to make somebody feel li- small or something. I'm like, you just picked the wrong dude on the wrong day. On the wrong day. I got real problems. I just found out I'm having a third girl, okay? yeah. You cannot phase me, you stupid, wonky, Euro trash idiot. I, I, oh, man. I'm just all hackled up from that guy. Like, what a... Wow. Yeah. First of all, is, 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 let me ask you this. Is, is calling a photographer's studio tiny, is that like the equivalent of like... To me, it felt like having someone laugh at my penis in the locker room. (laughs) Like, oh, your studio is so tiny. It's so tiny. What a (laughs) cute little studio. I bet you photograph a mouse in there, huh? It's perfect for photographing a mouse. (laughs) It's so tiny. Look at this tiny studio. The combination
0: (laughs) of of Dieter and Hans and Franz kind of mashed together.
1: (laughs) Except I'm doing too much of an accent. He was literally an American that had, like, weird inflections, like – yeah, like somebody who spent a summer abroad in Austria, and now they're like European. You know what I mean? Right. Like that—that that kind of level douche. <laughs> and I told Julie about it uh, when she when she came in with the girls, and she, and, and she goes, and I said, uh, I'll probably not follow up with that guy. I said, in fact, if he calls back, I'll probably refer him to someone I don't like. Right. <laughs> like enjoy right. refer that guy them. out. He's sure. he's big talking. And at the same time, trying to, I'm like, it sounds like you need a good half a day or a whole day. Like, if you want to shoot your clothing line, you probably want more than a 60 minute session. I would book like a half a day or a whole day so we can do location and studio. He goes, no, no, this this 60 minute session's okay. So I'm like, you call me up, big talk me, make fun of my studio, and you're poor. Great, good for you. <laughs> like, how do you big talk? And then all you want is the tiniest session, and you're trying to cram everything into it. Like, I got your number, Hans. Yeah, you-
0: I don't get though. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Yeah, I just. Want, I just want the the smallest thing you've got, and I want the biggest studio possible. Yeah, yeah. I want. No, it doesn't work that way. I want to pay
1: you the least amount of money, and then so I thought, let me see, let me see what this guy's really about, and he goes. And I was like, "Well, let's talk about the intended use." He goes, "So this is the price for that session." I go, "Well, yeah." I said, "But if you're shooting a clothing line, I said, if it's for an ad campaign or something that's you know international that you would need, I said it's actually a different rate. We do commercial licensing based on the region, and then we use a an image calculator to, for for the usage." And he goes. Oh, no, I don't need that. I go, okay, so you are a douche. So you're a yeah. big talking yeah. douche. You have no yeah. idea what you're doing. You probably just made some stuff onto a jean jacket. And now you think you're a designer and you're going to call and hassle me on a Monday morning? I think not. I said
0: good day, sir. Good day, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So that was my morning. How was your morning?
0: Oh, I uh, I uh, found out something about Gamut this week that I had uh, I had never experienced before, and I talked to you about this.
1: Gamut is my favorite X Man.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love Gamut. <laughs> Gamut is great.
1: <laughs> he charges up playing cards and throws them at people.
0: He does. I never understood the popularity of that character. No, it's the uh, worst. Way. He's like the worst. Character. Uh, yeah. So. um I had an image, I had a a client image from a dance shoot and the client contacted me and said, the the dress is not right. The dress has pink fringe and the picture you sent me has purple fringe. And I said, well, I'll get that fixed. And I called my lab, who is, I love my lab, Miller's, and they said, we'll get right on it. Absolutely, we'll fix it. We'll mail it right to them. We'll take care of it. And they did. And then two days later, the client uh, contacted me again and said, it's uh, still not right. And she took a picture of the print. With a picture of the cost with the costume laying on it, so you could see. I mean, there was no monitors bad or whatever. It was clear because they're in the same picture. This does not match this. There's no way to deny that. So I went to Miller's again, and they and Miller's and they Miller said we'll get right on it. And then they called me back later. Someone new called me back. Someone who's more. I don't know. Maybe they're. higher up the chain or they're some sort of expert in printing.
1: Now you're speaking to a supervisor.
0: Yeah. She called me back and she said, here's what happened. The color in the fringe on that dress is out of gamut for the printer. And I said, as a master photographer, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) This is the great thing about photography is that no matter how good you think you are, you still can get blindsided by something that you know nothing about. Right, And I'm like, what what do you mean? And she said, well, the printers are RGB, red, green, blue printers, and you've sent us a photograph that has a color in it that cannot be reproduced by that gamut of colors. And I thought, everything can be reproduced by red, green, blue, can't it? And she said, no, it cannot. And when the printer comes up against a color it can't reproduce it then has to assign a new color to those pixels and it tries to assign something that might be close but but it does the best it can and so she said what happens is it happens most frequently thing with things that are extremely like bright neon and if you look at these this this dress the the pink fringe is it's practically glowing like a ufo off this dress as a result of the lighting uh and etc and And I'm guessing, and again, this is no expertise whatsoever, but I'm guessing that that's really where the problem is, is that what you're looking at when you see this color is you're looking at the color, but you're also looking at the light that is changing that color. And that is something the printer can't reproduce. Hmm. I don't, that's as close as I can come to it. But the fact is they printed it twice and they couldn't make it, they couldn't match it. So I said, print it a third time, get as close as you can and send it to me. And in the meantime, I send it to another printer just to see. And I feel confident that it's going to come back from the other printer the same way. But just for my own, I need to be able to say to my client, I, you know, I actually sent this to another printer just in case my printer was not doing a good job, which I do not for a moment think is possible. So, you know, but just so that I have that fallback to say, just so you know, they weren't pulling my leg about about the color of this. Here's another printer, and it did the same thing. And then you've, you know, you've covered your bases. But I've never had this happen before.
1: They're not, uh, not sitting in a room giggling, pranking you.
0: Well, yeah, they're not pranking me, nor are they not good at their job. I, I absolutely believe it, but you want backup for your client because your client doesn't know any, anything about your printer or your lab or anything else, and they just think, these people don't know what they're doing, so I need proof, and now- so I send it to another lab. But if it comes back from the other lab and it looks right, well, then the question becomes, how is it they could get it? You know, is it the particular printer? And, you know, and I'm sure someone listening knows a lot about printers can chime in on the old Facebook page there and explain. I mean, is it possible? I mean, I, there, it has to be possible that some printers can work out in a gamut range that other printers can't. Sure. Right. One thing she said, she said, we can move it to CMYK and then force it back to RGB and that might get us closer to the color. Hmm. Yeah. And you and I are both going. Hmm. I wish I knew more about CMYK, so I could speak with authority on this issue. <laughs> I wish that I was
1: doing this for a client that spent more than forty dollars. Is what I'm yeah. thinking. Like now, now I can see you. You're going to have to drive over to this woman's yeah, house I, I, with, a, I am. with a projector yeah. and do a PowerPoint yeah, presentation I'm, I'm, I'm to teach her about color gamut,
0: yeah. so that. She, you don't have to give her forty dollars back. No, no. I, I'm going to drive over. I'm going to take her. I'm going to take her to all the prints I've got. I'm going to say, "Here, you can see." And I'm a different printer, and you can see that we really have a problem. I, and and you will find. And because I told her in an email, I said, "You can actually go into Photoshop and check the gamut." And in Photoshop, just like when you've got your whites are blown out everything goes blue, if you've got that little clicker on, on Photoshop or, or Lightroom shown to to show you where the blowouts are or show you where the blacks are, are bunched up, uh, they have one for gamut too. And and everything that's that's out of gamut will be black. And sure enough, the entire fringe of this costume is black when you hit that button.
1: That's Now that is a good pro tip. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually really good. So you can see if it's, it's out of gamut for the color space. That's pretty cool. Right.
0: Hey, right. So who, when you who find, said yeah, you don't
1: learn anything on this podcast? There you go.
0: Who says? Who says we don't have information? So yeah, you can tell in Photoshop if your colors are out of gamut and your printer won't be able to reproduce. And here's the thing though. It can't be the printer, the model because Photoshop doesn't know what printer you're using. Photoshop is saying these images this color is out of gamut for red green blue for RGB. That's what it's telling you. Right. That no, so I'm guessing no printer that prints in that color space in RGB, is going to be able to reproduce this color.
1: So you're better off trying to adjust the color in Photoshop yes. to get it as close to gamut you know, as you can, or to get the right. color in gamut that's as close to the original color, you know just eyeballing it, and then right. sending that file to print. Because you know right. what you know what your printer's not going to do for your $2 8x10? Your lab <laughs> is not going to <laughs> open this image. You know what I mean? They're not going to do it. Right. Like, and nor, right. nor should no. they be expected to.
0: No, no, although they certainly did when I came back to them, there's no doubt they they, they got on it and treated it like it was a treat it like it was a thousand dollar piece of canvas. They treated that little dance picture with you know the utmost uh, care and and let's make sure this is right, uh, which I really appreciate, which is also the mark of a good lab, and you have that with your lab as well. That's the mark of a good lab really is not how they handle the, good, the orders at work, it's how they handle the orders where there's a problem.
1: right with, yeah. which my lab I, I don't have those. I don't have orders that are problems.
0: I'm sure that... That's because you don't send them stuff that's out of gamut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not. I only send black and white. Um, Right. Right. So uh, we do have uh, a lot to get through. But since we just went on a bit of a technical journey there, and and I want to thank you, Bure, for taking us all on that technical journey.
0: Well, I thought it was so great. So, you know, you and you know, I, we're both at the point. Of how often now in the course of a week do you learn something about photography that you didn't understand before or know anything about? It doesn't happen that often. Me all the time. You probably
1: not <laughs> as much because you're a details guy. Um, but I did. But, but since we're learning and talking about specs and color spaces, I'd like to bring the attention to a comment from a listener that uh, yes. on the page. So, uh, uh, Chris... Sulwak, and I'm sorry, Chris, if I uh, mispronounced that, said, listening to you guys talk about gear specs is like a classic comedy of errors. Yes. Smiley face, crying smiley face. I believe that's a hysterically laughing emoji. And and to you, Chris, I just want to say you're absolutely
0: right. (laughs) Yes, absolutely right. Listen, we've only got so much time in the day to devote. To podcasting, and do you want it to be devoted to making sure we have the specs exactly right when we talk about that lens, or to the fine, fine comedy that we're enjoying right now?
1: Do you want it to be funny, or do you want it to be accurate? Because I challenge (laughs) you to find both.
0: Yes, yes. It's very hard. Very hard to have both. Yes, it is. So we have definitely gone on the, you know, specifics not so important. (laughs) It's close. You know what I mean? It's close. Let's listen to Gary's cholesterol joke.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) However, however, what I'd like to say, Chris, is also... Please feel free, if you want to make it a regular, and I do not mean this sarcastically, and I am not picking on you, my friend. If you want to keep a running list of technical errors that we make on the show, I would be happy to read them on the show every single week. I think that would be a great segment called... Yes. Bure and Gary... Do they even know what they're talking
0: about? Yeah, <laughs> we got it wrong, yeah. We almost, almost good to have a person on the show where it's like every week. You're like, and now let's check in with Chris to tell us everything that we said wrong last week. We'll have, we'll have more <laughs> corrections and
1: retractions than Fox and Friends. It's going to be great. Last week, yeah.
0: last week, Buray referred to the color space as RGB, and it's actually not called that at all. Yes. last week, Bourey said this, but <laughs> that would be wonderful. I would enjoy that immensely.
1: Yes, yes, he mispronounced gamut. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's gamut. Gamu, Gam- yes. the gamu. If you had a big studio, you'd know that. Well, Chris just did a semester abroad in Austria, so he pronounces things a little differently now.
0: Hey, listen, before we get into the old uh, photography news, we do need to, because we haven't talked about we do need to talk about the district competition, which is, has wrapped up. Yes. And we need to, I mean, we, people are breathlessly awaiting our opinion, I'm sure, on the new wedding degree. Not to mention the fact that for the first time, the district competition is being done at the home offices of PPA in Atlanta. And so as a result, it is six days and 3,247 hours long. Uh, and uh, so we need to we need to talk about and, that. And, and, just and a little your bit. your
1: last image was literally one of the last like ten that came up. It was you. Had, it seemed you, like you it, had yeah. to wait for six yeah. days on. One I, waited, image. Yeah. I waited. Yeah, I waited
0: six days for a seventy-eight.
1: So uh, okay. So first <laughs> of all, let's break it down and say, great job, judges. Great job, always, staff. Yeah. It always. went off it, from what appeared to me to be with relatively little glitches and technical problems. It seemed to be, and and uh, I just man, it is it is a. I've done that job and it is a tough, tough job to sit there and can you – when people criticize the judges and the comments they make and the things that they do, it's very easy to do that. But you know what's not easy? To sit in that room and to have a big fat turd of an image come up in front of you and you have to say something constructive about it or to have an incredible image come in front of you and you have to pick a thing, you know, like – there's so much process that goes into it, and they just did a phenomenal job. And those guys are volunteers, so you know they're not getting paid to do that job. So just want to, just want to say that, that the, the, the judges and the staff did a phenomenal job for six stinking days. I imagine that Rich Newell is somewhere right now, the, uh, the, the director of, of competition for PPA. I bet he's still sleeping. I bet probably, he's still yeah, taking probably. a nap.
0: Yeah, they brought in two. They brought in two camps of judges. They had one one group do the first three days, and one group do the second three days. But I'll tell you what I noticed a lot, um, because I'm really close to this. I, I know so many judges. I interviewed I interviewed almost every darn judge over the course of my four years uh, doing IBC Live. Is you can really see where they really are putting a lot of attention on how the judges challenge, how they talk to each other, and how they work together to arrive at a final score. Because this year. Um, I want to say more than any other year, but I don't want to imply that it was bad in previous years. But I could just really see uh, that it seemed like everyone was on the same page in terms of this is how it goes. This is how you challenge. This is what you say when you challenge. This is how you reply. And this is how you work together to arrive at a number. It just really seemed like they were um, in sync, you Mm -hmm. know, and, 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 and. And there were a lot of challenges. Oh my gosh, there were a lot of challenges and a lot of majority challenges, but but they would move through them quickly. People would say what they wanted to say, and you always felt like that they were open. Uh, for the first time, I really felt like when someone was challenging something up or down from the status quo, that they really seemed to be going into it with the, uh, I was the low man on this score, and I really want you guys to uh, to help me raise my score, as opposed to, I was the low man on this score, so y'all must be crazy. It was very much a okay well you know y'all were all at 85 and I was at 79 so I'm looking forward to to hearing you guys uh, right. tell me why you were at 85 so I, so that I can raise my score because I want to raise my score and um they always say you know that the they've always said the judges are for the maker the judges are for the maker and this year more than any other I really felt like they were I really I really felt like they were they were wanting to give those high scores. We were watching a couple of them
1: together cuz you and I were pretty much live chatting the entire time uh, this thing was going on. And there were a couple instances where I was really critical of at first when a judge called one back that had gotten like an 82 or an 83 and a judge who had given it a 78 challenged it after it had gone away for a couple images and brought it back. And the judge – and I don't know who the judge was, uh, but he said, you know, uh, uh, this one got an 82 and gosh, I had it at 78. My initial thought is just let it go, man. It got a merit. Don't call it back to talk it down. But then he said – he goes uh he's like i gave it a 78 and i believe that or for me to have done that essentially what he was saying is is that it would have gone into the next category if i had been on board i think that's how he what he was that's impossible that's right. that image to score 83 with me giving it a 78 and not being the only one and so right. he and then uh the image ended up becoming an 85
0: yeah, that's fantastic. That's the sort of thing you want to see, right? right. That's encouraging.
1: Yeah, so I thought there was some uh, for, at first because I always hate it when someone brings back an image to challenge it down, and that's not what was happening. And I also noticed between the judges a lot, a lot more than I've seen in previous years. Judges directly addressing the things the other judges challenged about. And it's very, oh, okay. very easy for a judge for you to basically... If you want to play nice and have good synergy with your panel that you're on, you have to take what the other judges say. You can't just talk over and ignore their points. Like if a judge says, uh, yeah, and I had some problems with this one, uh, there's a little bit of lack of focus uh, in the subject's eyes that, uh, that really is a concern for me. And then one of the other judges will go, oh, God, I just it it just has so much impact and it felt so it's so beautiful and never addressed the focus
0: right because if that's what's holding my score down you need to give me a reason to let that go right
1: and I saw the judge, the judges directly addressing each other's concerns more than I have in the past. And I thought that was really – and in with, with a certain type of courtesy where they would go, I do see that. And you know what? Thanks for pointing that out. Um, I think that the other elements in the image are strong enough to counteract that for me when I'm looking at this piece. And that's right. how you do the challenge and not just BS your way through not addressing it because the worst thing you can say is, yeah, that doesn't bother me. You know, like it go. Why doesn't it bother you that the image is out of focus? Why doesn't it bother you that there's sensor dust all over the corners of this print? Why it should bother you, and it bothers me. And you're not. You haven't told me why it shouldn't bother me. Right. And I thought that the the panels seemed to be working really well. There, they were judging like thirty eight or forty prints an hour, and that's moving.
0: People, I think, if you've never done it. It's uh you don't understand how overwhelming it is to have to really pay attention and put that much thought and everything into this image and then it's going to be going on for seven hours at forty an hour. It's exhausting. Two hundred and eighty two hundred and eighty times you're gonna see an image and then have to really intently study it and and render a score because because now you're on image one hundred and fifty. And you want to be like you know I just don't want to have to try so hard, but to the person whose image you're looking at, it's everything.
1: Yeah, if you're phoning it in, by the way, your JC will absolutely pull you from a panel like you that you have to yeah. be giving your full attention. And so, what was really different this year? This is the first year with the wedding degree and the separate wedding competition. Um, and since it is your, since it's your your baby, you're the wedding photographer. Yes, I'd
0: love to know your thoughts. Well, uh, well, I <laughs> was. It. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. It's a double. It's double sided. It's absolutely double sided. Um, I think that uh, I think the judges did a good job. They always do a, ju- a good job. You know, I'm, they, they work so hard. So that's that's not a problem. Um, keeping track of the merits, etc. Uh, I think that the merit. I know that the uh, amount of images meriting is going to be a lower percentage, a much lower percentage than we normally see in competition. Um, I also know that there were a lot of images that were entered into the wedding category that the minute it popped on the screen, I went, nope, nope, no, nope, nope, nope. There were, there were, there were a lot of subpar images, uh, that went in that I was like, oh no, no, no. This person clearly has not looked at wedding images in, in competition because this image would never in a million years, be should never, should not be entered. Um, so there was, a, there was a lot of bad stuff. Um, there was a lot of good stuff. Um uh, I felt like, um, I was keeping track and I was watching and, and keeping track of like, you know, I think that was, should have merited, that should have merited. Uh, I think that I was probably would have merited about 10% more than the panel did. Um, and my bigger question really is a, is a big question because I'm not, I'm not saying they did a bad job at all. Um, my bigger question is if you step back from it is, can you make this successful and can you make it grow? If you 're only meriting thirty percent or or thirty five percent you're trying to do this thing and make it happen and make it work i I think you're going to have a hard time if that many people are failing for lack of a better word uh you're going to have a hard time keeping their interest, but that doesn't mean that you should just turn around and you know you know take the stops off and just merit everything you can't do that either right. you know, it's not an easy it, is, it is, and i and I'm certainly not saying that um but i mean you know, it, can it just be that Wedding photography is just intrinsically uh, harder to be good at? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I got I got to believe no. The problem is that we we judge it a little harder than we should. So let's step back
1: and look at some of the and – the, and by the way, we, I have no specific knowledge of numbers at this point. And I, I think you sort of loosely kept track of stuff. Compared to previous yes. years, I know that we had about double the amount
0: of wedding entries as we had. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a lot of participation and that was great. I do know that at one point I watched – uh 12 images go by without a merit and then i watched um 24 images go by with only two merits right yeah and so when you're seeing that you're going who the folks watching at home right now are really reaching for the vodka yeah. <laughs> so although as far as merit percentage i know that
1: you were keeping track um what do, what was what do you, what do you reckon was the, the percentage of merits you
0: said about 30 Probably about thirty, and then the, usually the percentage is about fifty percent in, in uh, photographic open. It's just it's usually just shy of
1: fifty, right? It's usually about
0: forty five percent. So
1: uh, photographic open, you got about forty four percent. Albums Maryland. were a little bit better.
0: Albums would have merited a little bit better, I think.
1: And, and uh, so, w- in previous years, do you know what the percentage
0: of images scoring eighty or higher or getting out of that mm, category? lower than that in that category? Lower than that. This is what's so. This is what's so funny is that it is that this is how far in the dumps we were with the merits. Is that they did a better job meriting images this time? They were the percentage was higher than in past years. Right, it was and yet and yet still probably not higher. What was it what was it <laughs> what was the number previously like last year or the year before? Uh gosh, I don't know. I want to say it was 12 or 15% lower at least. Wow. So so it may it may have been like 20% it may have been 20%, 18% something like that. So
1: he, here's my feeling to sort of wrap up what I was thinking about the wedding part of districts was that I think that one mission was to increase engagement to get more people to participate in it. And I think that the, since they doubled their numbers oh. Yeah, absolutely. Mission mission accomplished. Two is to look at wedding images in a way that gives them a, a better shot and a more a fair shake. And so the, the percentage of images scoring 80 or higher into that merit range ha- increased by 15 to 20%. Right. And so that's also mission accomplished. And there are definitely – I felt like there were definitely some ones that they missed. Um, and I always feel that way about weddings. Right. However, I think that – These types of things don't get fixed overnight, and I think that they are – this has been a very positive move overall
0: in the right direction. I think there is still work to do. Well, just as I was saying, uh, how the judges this year seem to be working together in a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, that wasn't because they got to talk this year. It's because they've been talked to for the last four years. Right. Yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> and, and, and now we're and now we're seeing that it's sinking in, and and over time they're 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 adjusting the way that they judge, and now we're really starting to see it. And I think what you're getting at is that's the same thing with the wedding county. It's not going to happen the first. Time out again. Yeah, I the, the I would I would have not expected the
1: numbers to have been this dramatically different the first year. I think it did better than I was expecting it to. Really? I did I as far as I was expecting this to be a move in the right direction, but to double the numbers and and increase the merit percentage by 20%, I think that's huge. Right. That is a huge move. I don't know what else we could have possibly expected the first year and hopefully uh IPC will show those same numbers and years moving forward will increase even more. So that's, I think, I think it's ultimately positive, uh, still some room to grow, like all
0: things. I just don't know what the barometer, I don't know what the barometer is for it. Like, I don't know, you know, like, um, it'd be great if we had a photographer in the group that you could say, okay, here's how you judge whether or not you're meriting enough. If that guy can't merit his whole case, you have a problem. If that guy can't merit half his case, you have a problem. If that guy can't get at least one you have a problem, you know, like, like, like different levels, like a, like a measuring stick that you can go by that, that you go, uh, that you could just, when it's all said and done, you just go look at those three guys and say, how did those three guys, this guy who's not that good, but should be able to merit at least one, that guy who's middle of the road and should be able to merit at least two. And that guy who should, we all know, merit his whole case every time. If that's what you've got on those three guys, then, then you're good. Or, you know or, I mean, or, or girls, or girls. Yeah, right. I don't mean to, Thank anyway, you. be a sexist comment there. Like, I feel like I'm the two guy. That's me. I'm that a guy like me, I feel I should be able to merit two. Uh, you know, that should be a given. If I don't merit two, I think you might have a problem. I, with my exp- I'm not trying to toot my own horn. If I was, I'd be saying I should merit my whole case. Uh, but, I, but I think that a guy like me at my level should probably be able to merit two. You know? Right. I merited, I merited one.
1: All right. So, again, yeah. uh, improvement, uh, but not all the way there.
0: Yeah. Because I've had years where I didn't merit any.
1: So, what we're going to do right <laughs> now is we're going to start a campaign for Bure. Uh, we're going everybody chuck in 2 bucks, all,
0: all listeners, and we're going to send Bure to judging school in in <laughs> August. Well, it's a little late in the show to start that discussion. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: uh, but, uh, uh just uh, go ahead and uh, send us a a PayPal uh for uh <laughs> So we
0: can send Bure to judges What we need is judges like you, Bure Yeah, that's what we need You want me in the judges room I'm out of order, you're out of order (laughs) This whole competition is out of order I said good day I said good day (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they definitely accomplished a lot I think this year. And also the move to the new location and having it be a 6-day thing and having to bring in two two camps of judges and and it all went off really really pretty flawless. Yeah. But I will say this for anybody who's listening, they do not text you anymore when your images are coming up. They just had to finally stop doing it because they couldn't get past the fact that they kept getting shut down by the service providers because when you're sending that many texts out to that many numbers, the service provider thinks you're spam, and they shut you down. So they finally had to just go, we're going to stop trying because, because they would have some people get texts and other people wouldn't, and that would really upset people. And so <sighs> and they then the, had to the say,
1: unofficial IPC time? Facebook group, everybody's losing their minds. Are you getting a text? Yes. How come we're not getting texts? text? Yeah. Because they don't do it anymore. It's just because yeah, uh, they don't do it anymore. Because it doesn't
0: work. Yeah, it would be great if we could come up with a way to make it, uh, to to give you more notice though because I, literally I spent two whole days waiting for an image to come up you know <laughs> and and it would be I don't I don't know what the answer to that is I'm not criticizing at all I don't know what the answer to that is and maybe it's not possible but if we could figure out some way to do that it would be great yeah all right so uh, there you have it and
1: so for more on that stay tuned cuz we're just a few weeks away from my PC where Bure and yeah. I will both descend into madness once again yeah so yeah, yeah. get ready for that and uh and for those of you who uh tanked uh sorry man and for those of you who did well yeah, we hate you all right it's time for our favorite segment it's time for photography news photography, photography news. news that was
0: right on you don't even okay. ha- do you even have to look at me when we do that anymore you don't I, I don't I don't look at you because if i look at you i will stutter because i'm trying to pace myself with you, and I think the trick is not to look at you. The trick is to look away and just sing it the same every time, and if we both start at the same time, it'll be fine. Okay, so uh, let us know on the Facebook page how you think we're doing, uh, because we don't, that's not a pre-recorded thing. We do that live every week. We do that live every day. We do that for you. For you. That right there, that right there is a good 10% or 15% off of our actual uh, technical expertise when we're listing camera specs. (laughs) It's because we're spending time on that right there, rather than actually reading what the lens spec is before we talk about
1: yeah, it and rehearsals are on uh, Wednesdays so Wednesdays really know, yeah. we Wednesday. that, oh yeah. so uh, in photography news this week I'm sure that now everybody has seen that meme going around uh, the photography video meme of the uh, the poor bastard who set his camera on the railing and then popped open his background and it knocked to the camera sending it down some stairs and smashing into a million pieces
0: uh, mm-hmm. Bure describe your feelings when you saw that well I saw it coming you know my first feeling was what are you doing setting your camera there you know your camera goes on your hip in your bag or on your tripod there's only three places your camera ever goes right you know or on a table uh, but my feeling because this is how i think my feeling it was not what you think my feeling was who filmed this looks like a security camera okay then my question becomes so you contact the building and you ask them for the security cam footage uh, okay i or or the security guard thought it was hysterical and made a video out of it okay that I could maybe see happening. But whenever I see stuff like this, my first question is always who filmed it? Because that's a rock steady camera. So that's a mounted camera that's filming him. And, and the angle is not very wide for a security camera. So was it cropped? So now, so it was filmed on a wide security camera. Then somebody pulled it off. Then they cropped it in tight. Then they created the meme and they put it online. That seems like a lot for a security guard to do. Because that's a place that's going to have a bunch of cameras always shooting, always recording. Who's paying attention to you? All, all, all he did,
1: Bure, was hit the enhance button. Enhance. Oh, yeah, that's hands. all you get.
0: But I'm just saying. I always question that stuff. I go because a lot of times it's fake. A lot of times it's just people trying to you know create a sensation. Yeah.
1: So uh, uh, by the way, yes, we've seen it, and thanks for uh, all of you who posted it immediately yes. onto the photo <laughs> oh, no, bump yeah, page. Everybody has seen it now. We got it. You know
0: what else we've seen? We've all seen the video of the wedding couple with the guy running around, jumping high, low, and scooting oh, left, yeah. right, trying to. T- we've all seen that. So can we please stop posting that? And, th- and not to my photographer friends, to
1: everyone else in my life, stop tagging me in every picture picture involving anything to do with a camera that you see on the internet forever just i've seen it like
0: if you want me to see it just message it to me but don't put me on facebook and tag me because now i gotta go untag myself yeah
1: because uh then i don't want to get notifications on comments on that thing uh for the rest of my life
0: not to mention people go to your facebook page to look at pictures of you they're going to see that because you've been tagged yeah
1: so uh yeah thanks everyone i know for that one um (laughs) And, uh, okay, so big news this week in, uh, of course, every time Apple comes out with a new product, the entire world loses its mind, descends into madness, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. And uh, we had Apple uh, made a bunch of software announcements and then unveiled their new Mac Pro desktop computer. And, Chris, if you're listening, I'm about to say some wrong specs, probably. So just get get your pen and pencil ready or whatever. Okay, so essentially they come out with this... It is the of the opinion of many people I know. Um, I got a friend of mine in Chicago, Michael Novo, who he and I had a, a, friendly, uh, a friendly discussion on Facebook about this, about the decline in quality in Apple products in the post-Steve Jobs era of Apple. And basically, it's a lot of people feel that they are leaving pros out of the equation, trying to make their computers for less money and charge more money for them. And so you have a lot of people that have been questioning this. And would switch to PCs, except for their old Macs were so well built, they just won't die. Uh, so right. there, there is that. Um, but so Apple, what looks to me in an attempt to sort of push its way a little bit back into this pro market, they've come out with a new Mac Pro desktop um, and a new monitor. And I think that the real controversy comes from the monitor, because the monitor's five grand, and the stand sold separately to hold the monitor is uh, $1,000. <laughs> A <laughs> $1000 for a stand? Yeah, so this yeah, this is I mean, okay, th- I've read all of the arguments on this because again this is something that some of my PC friends including uh Detective Dave Neville, a good buddy of mine, who's sent me several memes uh making fun of this. Uh, the thing is that the monitor is very expensive. However, spec out as it is, it is a very competitively priced with other monitors of similar quality that are not made by Apple. It is actually a pretty good deal. However, somebody at Apple's marketing department is a real big fat idiot because you could have just put the stand with the monitor, charged another $1,000 for the monitor, and it would still be a good price for a monitor of that quality with those specs. It right. makes no sense to separate them, and I just can't figure out why they've done this. The only way I can figure it is be- – is is. That pl- people with pro workstations, people who do 3D graphics, people who do animation, people who do lots of heavy video editing, have multiple monitor setups, usually have a, a a stand holding multiple monitors up. So it is possible that somebody, a lot of pros, the market that this thing is for, would already have an expensive laptop stand uh, or a uh, monitor stand that they right. would just put this on already. And so now they're able to sell the monitor for $1,000 less, and I guess that makes sense, but still. Uh, But the good news is for Apple's marketing department, maybe they're not stupid because people are talking about it. Because every time Apple does something with their products like, I don't know, take out all the USB ports, that doesn't make any sense. It gets a whole lot of attention, and then Apple people just go and buy it anyway.
0: Yes, (laughs) that's the part that I find entertaining.
1: And so, you know, there are. I'm not a hardcore Apple person. All I can tell you is, I have an iMac from 2015, and it still runs like the day I bought it. I have a MacBook Pro from 2015, and it's now 2019, and it still runs like the day I bought it. I have a 2008 MacBook Pro, uh, that no, 2007 MacBook Pro that still runs like the day I bought it, and I gave it to my dad. And you, it's so old that the software doesn't even support it anymore. You can't update to the latest thing because it's just that old, nobody has a laptop that old, like, you just, you know, so they do have this build quality, I don't have any experience with products from the post-Steve Jobs era, and so I'm told that when I do, that I will hate it, but at this point, it's not like I'm going to switch to PC, uh, but it is a funny... No,
0: I'm a, and I'm a PC user, I'll never switch to Mac.
1: Right, like, it's. I switched totally over to Mac in 2015, and the convenience of the integrated everything, like, I get a new device or a new computer... I basically put in my Apple ID when I turn the computer on and everything automatically syncs and it just works. I get my te- right. text messages and every, I get everything all on all my devices and you, it's nothing. And my calendar is synced across all. So, yeah, it is convenient. I don't have – I haven't had problems with viruses or breakdowns or slowdowns. I, haven't, I don't have to defrag and reformat my hard drive every six months like I used to. So there are benefits, but, man, they are expensive.
0: Yeah, I would be a Mac user if I wasn't a gamer. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a PC gamer, you have to be on a PC because Macs just aren't built for games. You can but,
1: you can play some games, but truthfully, but you they, can't no. play everything.
0: Yeah, everything everything is designed for PC because it's faster, more powerful. It's designed for that. And if it wasn't for that, oh, I would have made the switch. Sure.
1: Yeah, and 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 yeah. So I but I love what I really love is how anytime a product comes out for Apple comes out with a product, it just causes the rage. Uh, and the and the snideness and it just re-sparks the debate. It's like the Hatfields and McCoys out there. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. man, yeah, like uh, it's 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 angry. So let's look at some of these comments from our wonderful listeners. Uh, Don Chambly writes, I was Windows for many years in architectural design and was always played with problems, and when I moved to advertising, I came into the Apple light and have been a robust Mac user ever since. I don't truly think about what it costs versus other computers. For me, that seems like a waste of time. I know I am using a format that fits me, and if it costs more, so be it. I realize there is no going back to Windows, so the question then becomes, what can I afford to continue the work that I want to do. And if I really want to increase my productivity, which of our kids is the most valuable?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My problem, I don't have a experience with Mac computers. My problem is with the phones in that you know, my wife and both my daughters have iPhones. And I can't tell you, I don't know that I don't know that we've ever had one um get to the point where it was out of its lease and you could buy it when it would be worth it to buy it because it's not working quite right anymore you talk about that you know i mean like like my like my phone um uh my phone is a samsung phone and after 18 months or whatever of whatever the lease or whatever i could just pay it off and i did i just paid it off and now i own it and I have no intention of replacing it. The new model's coming out. It, it works great. It's fine. That never happens with my wife and my two kids' phones. After a couple of years, it's suddenly they're they're so slow now, and they're not doing this right, and they're not doing that right, and I've got to upgrade. You know, people like to say that that's what Apple does: is they they build in that obsolescence into their they put out they they push out the new upgrades to every phone, and the older phones can't handle the new upgrade, and now the old phone is running super slow. And guess what? I've got to buy a new phone. Uh, so that so the phones I I. My, we'll make an argument that uh, Samsung makes a better phone, but with PC, no. I mean, they're just different. Uh, Apple makes a fine PC.
1: I've got right here in my hand an iPhone six uh, S Plus or iPhone. Yeah, and uh, right. Fine, it's perfect. Works great.
0: Well, again, again, my that's just my personal experience. But my kids and, well, that, and my and my wife, especially, who uses her phone for work, uh, she about every eighteen months, it's to the point where she's got to have a new phone.
1: Well, that's the thing about uh, the internet is you're going to find uh, you can always find somebody with a particular good or bad experience with product right. A, B, or C, and everybody just gets to talk about it. Um, also, following up. Um, Scott Albin and the criticism on this Mac Pro is that uh, it looks like a cheese grater uh, because the front of it is all yeah it, it looks like a cheese grater it does uh, however okay. uh, they, they always look like that until they made the trash can looking ones a few years ago the Mac Pro uh, desktops always had that cheese grater look to it so um, and Scott Albin writes quote people keep thinking our products are cheesy we need to make it look greater." <laughs> Bonnie, funny, good stuff. Guy wasn't listening. Uh huh. Make it look like a cheese grater. Uh, so thanks, Scott, for that. In. Uh, Michael says they thought so much about if they could, they failed to ask if they should. Um, and uh, Jesse Hansen says kind of makes the pho- the pro photo A one make more sense or less. I don't know.
0: No, <laughs> so, I don't know either.
1: Thanks for all that feedback, you guys. Uh, next up, uh, let's address a little bit of our story on um. The Petapixel Missy MWAC, uh certification story. And just as a, an update... We published a response from PPA President Audrey Wanket. Uh, wrote this really super awesome response
0: to it, and, and it was it was unbelievably awesome. Yeah, it was so it would have taken me two weeks to write that.
1: Yeah, I seriously, I could. I, I it, it is not within me. I do not possess the faculties to write something that is so incredibly well thought out and put. So uh, you know, and I think one of the things that really struck me. Was, um, ad- addressing how, uh, basically PPA is, is a money hungry organization. Um, and she writes, I saw a comment claiming PPA's goal is just to make money. Nothing could be more unfair or farther from the truth. PPA dues are the same today as they were in the year 2000. Yes, you heard that right. We have continued to add benefit after benefit without a dues increase in 20 years, which effectively means our dues have been reduced by 48.4% over that period of time, all while dramatically
0: increasing our membership benefits
1: that was like
0: that was huge i didn't know that <laughs> that was like yeah boom the yeah, the big mic drop yeah in that time they have incre- increased benefits they've given you uh, they, they brought in the insurance uh, free insurance for your equipment they uh, they purchased uh what's the uh, what's the video thing that they purchased Photovision. Uh, vision photo they purchased Photovision, which added hours and hours and hours of, Hundreds of hours, education yeah. stuff yeah uh, they, all this stuff. and all of it without any increase in the dues you know, they just kept right on chugging along. This, this is another uh, bit talking about, uh, they do stuff that,
1: uh, that again, not a perfect organization by any means, but they do quite a lot to help. And not just photographers, all creatives is copyright legislation. It says no other organization does more to protect your rights on Capitol Hill. We aren't just the principal advocates of small claims legislation. We are the creators of the idea. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. And we're the voice. Yeah. We're it. Yep. We are to photography what the NRA is to guns. We're 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 the ones who we're the ones who get the meeting, yeah. you know, with the with the congressman to talk about the bill that they're doing. The the only thing I think
1: about that bothers me about this response is that she had to make it in the first place. That yeah. something so salacious and, in my opinion, ill informed went so big as things like clickbait like that does that the president and PPA had to actually like take time out of her business, and it almost, in my mind, justifies it to where now she gets to say. Uh Uh-huh. See, the PPA president responded to me.
0: But at the same time, I love the response. I love it. uh, You know, here's the thing about that. I I don't know that it did go that wide. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times in a situation like this, I'm very – you know, someone goes, did you see what such-and-such wrote on Facebook? I go, yeah, I saw it. Well, are you going to reply? I'm like – no it'll be gone tomorrow right you know you know you you know so i don't know how big it did go was it really that big of a deal i mean we talk about it because we have to have something to talk about we have, you know we're like 24 hour news here we have to fill the minutes and so if somebody gives us something we can talk about we're going to talk about it uh, but was it really that big of a deal i don't know well, I how many of the how many the people slam how many people who were talking about it? here's the thing every time I, every time somebody said yeah you know I quit PPA years ago I'm done reading your comment now yeah <laughs> if you quit PPA years ago then I don't care what you think about the new CPP yeah you exactly. know, because you, you, you're not you're not a member and you're not and this has nothing to do with you yeah you don't get to you don't get to have an opinion about something that you know nothing about and you're not involved with in any way correct and, and then act like your opinion is, is just, as, just as valid as someone else's opinion it's not and this is the big problem this is what social media has done to the world is so terrible. Is that everyone thinks that their opinion is just as valid as everyone else's? And oh my God, it is not. It is not. Just but you can have an opinion. Doesn't mean it's informed uh, or yeah. or good. You're welcome to it. This is probably an area where the people who judge and put on the image competition would say, yes, Bure, and that's exactly why you should shut up when you talk about image competition because you are not a judge, and you do not do this, and you have not been on the committee, and you have not run – and I totally respect them. They absolutely are right to make that point about uh, me. They're, they're wrong, but it's fine. No, I'm kidding. But they're right to make that, that <laughs> point about me. What I am is a contestant, and so there I, I, can, I can give that side of it. But, but, but that's, about, you know, that's, that's valid. You can't argue with that. Yeah, not but, not know, all
1: opinions are equal.
0: No, absolutely not.
1: And so, uh, anyway, good update on that story. And you know what? Uh, Madam President, you rock. And uh, I really appreciate yeah, that job. response. Well done. Um, all right. So I guess we got one more quick story. Did you see, in the news, we've talked about this before, um, the wildlife photo contest winner who was disqualified yes. of their photo of the
0: elephant. What did you think? Uh, did you read it? And does it matter? I did read it, and I think it does matter. Uh, it, what happened was he took a picture of an elephant in a wildlife preserve, I guess, in Kenya, and this elephant is known. Uh, There's so few of them now that all the elephants have pretty much been named. I think his name is Henry. Was it Henry? Uh, I'm looking at that now. I think it was Henry. and um, So it won this award, and then a bunch of people chimed in and said, I'm sorry, but I know Henry. Everyone knows it's Henry. we all photographed Henry. Tim. Tim. His name is Tim. Tim.
1: There are those who call him... <laughs> there are
0: those who call him... <laughs> Tim... Tim? <laughs> Don't say what that's from. The people who get it, get it. Yeah, that's right. All right? Uh, oh, great and mighty Tim. Oh, great and mighty Tim. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, so, and they said, in, and that's not what his ear looks like. And his ear isn't quite, in fact, a little ragged, you know, and he's, he's got some damage to it. And it was cleaned up in post and uh, made to look a little bit better and made the image a little bit better. What I did find interesting was um, they didn't say, they did. they didn't say you can't, do any cloning or whatever to the image. If you read, they said something along the lines of, and this is an area where I should have this in front of me, they said something, and see if you've got it there, Gary, Uh, they said something about how that any post-processing has to serve the image without detracting from the authenticity or something along those lines. Which um, entries should be a
1: faithful representation of the original scene. Localized adjustments should be used appropriately. The objective uh, is to remain faithful to the original experience and to never deceive the viewer or misrepresent the reality. That is ambiguous as hell.
0: It, yes, it's very ambiguous, right? So local should, should be, what was it? Local adjustments should be. Local adjustments should be used appropriately. What the appropriately. Heck does that mean? What does that mean? If I remove a tree that's in the background because it's affecting the scene, is that appropriate? or is that or is that now not faithful to the scene? What are we talking about? Judging by you know? this,
1: uh, you know, again, I, I, if if they're going to have no no adjustments, you know, you can't change anything in the image. You can do global adjustments, dodging, burning, vignetting. Um then just say no no local adjustments.
0: Well, dodging and burning isn't global. Dodging and burning's local too. You're getting in there and putting in in certain parts of the image. Right.
1: So if 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 you say no manipulation beyond lightening and darkening and yeah. sharpenings and then then say that
0: See, because I mean, the argument could easily be made that he made in a local adjustment that was not necessarily inappropriate. Is making that that elephant's ear look a little bit better really changing the authenticity of 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 the experience? You know, it's certainly changing the authenticity of this elephant. In the same way that if you gave me a smaller nose, I wouldn't look like me anymore. Right. So I guess, so I guess th- th- that's your that's your hammer, Your Honor. If the court reporter would reback the okay. rules, yeah. That's your hammer right there that, yes, you shouldn't have changed his ear any more than you would have changed the nose on somebody's face if you were entering it into a competition where, yeah, okay. So I get I get that. But I do think that's an ambiguous, I would I, I would have expected it to be, you, you can't do anything. I would expect it with nature photography, wildlife, I would expect it to be the solid rule. Because was this, this wasn't the same competition where they disqualified the guy with the monkey picture last year, is it? I do not recall. Because remember last year there was a guy that got disqualified with a monkey picture because he had cloned out a leaf that was laying on the back of the monkey. Right. It was like a... It was like a twig. He cloned it out and they disqualified him for it. And I was, I thought that he, I, I wasn't bothered by that nearly as much as I was bothered by the fact that they discovered he had done it because the picture also existed by another photographer who was standing right next to him when he took it at the zoo. That bothered me a lot more than the fact that it. The fact that he had cloned a twig off this monkey's back did not bother me nearly as much as the fact that the wildlife photography winner had shot the picture at the zoo.
1: Newsflash to all of you zootographers. uh, You are not a wildlife photographer. You are a (laughs) – you're photographing animals in captivity. Okay, I'm not saying there's not an art to that, but – geez louise stop trying to pass yourself off as a wildlife photographer yes. like go to go to kenya photograph tip you're not a, you're not
0: a wildlife photographer anymore than a person who takes a bride in her gown and brings her into the studio for an afternoon to take a bridal portrait is a wedding photographer yeah. going
1: to the georgia aquarium and photographing the sharks through the glass doesn't make you a diver
0: no it does not so uh so yeah but i powerful image but uh yeah, but, w- wow wish wow, i was, I you know something to see here, but I, I also did – by, by the guy, the guy said it happened in post by mistake or something? Uh, the only way I could see that
1: is if you're doing some local adjustments and, you know, you got music going, you're not paying attention, you know, if he would – he maybe did an edit like he would normally do an edit for himself and didn't
0: think about it in terms of the contest rules, I could see how it could be a mistake – because when he first edited that image, it wasn't like, this is going to go in the contest. It was just, I'm going to make this image great so I can sell it. And that's what he did. And then later, he, when he went back and looked at his portfolio, he was like, yeah, that's the one for the contest. I think I'll put that one in. And he didn't think, oh, wait a minute. I better go back and look at the Raw and make sure I didn't do something I, I,
1: I see that as being highly possible. Now I don't know if yeah. it's likely, but it's possible. Absolutely. Um, funny enough... That tear in Tim's ear was uh, from a bar fight in the 80s. Yeah, it was... Uh,
0: you had to be careful. Yeah. You got to be careful. It was,
1: it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was an after party for a Hall & Oates show. Uh, no, no kidding.
0: Those Hall & Oates fans can be rough.
1: Yeah, them and their earrings. <laughs>
0: All right. Are we ready to wrap this up? You, ooh, ooh,
1: you ripped my earring out. dude.
0: Oh, God. Please edit. Please edit. <laughs>
1: Was that? Is that even holding
0: up? You? You, you are totally, you are totally destroying what I built up in the beginning of the episode with your fantastic, fantastic text. By your attempt to try and just squeeze one more joke in, and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that was bad. You know what? I have to balance my moments of genius
1: with ham-fisted uh, bad comedy. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: gi- two giant canned hams. It's like you could feed a family for years on the canned hams of that. I guarantee you, there's someone out there giggling at that. You make my dreams come true becomes you ripped my earring off. That's that's where you're going. <laughs> really? That's where you're going. <laughs>
1: All right. I'm going to laugh about that for a good five six minutes. After you can find
0: us online at facebook.com/slash photobomb podcast. You can find us at photobombpodcast.com. Gary's at hughesfioretti.com. Yep. And I'm at rayperry.com. And our email is questions at photobombpodcast.com. We'll see you back here next week.
1: Somewhere over the
0: rainbow. See you later.